0: Welcome to Forecast, the foreshadow podcast, seeking glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work. Today, we continue our theme of this season, Called Forth, Vocation and Faith. I'm Josh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Will, and our mutual friend, Jarell Pagio, a piano technician, music teacher, performer, member of a worship band, and husband and father based in San Diego, California. As you will hear, for Jarell, piano tuning is more than just about the piano, as important as that is. The piano is actually a gateway into developing quality relationships and interactions with his clients. In the words of his mentor, jazz professor Dan Nelson, it's all relational. Just as Jarrell and his wife seek to create a harmonious home for their newborn, To a smaller degree, Jarell seeks to establish an atmosphere of trust and harmony with his clients. So Jarell, welcome to Forecast.
1: Hi, Josh. Thanks for having me.
0: It's really great to to speak with you on Forecast. And and I I know we'll have a lot of interesting things to share. And and so to start off, um, I'd like to just ask... You recently have become a father of Evelyn. And so I was wondering, what kind of music do you and your wife, Chelsea, play or sing to Evelyn?
1: Oh, wow, I guess, uh, let's see. Well, Chelsea just kind of makes up some songs every now and again. Uh, so that's uh, as far as like what, is, what she's hearing and uh, we're singing to her, I do the same thing. We're just kind of, you know, whatever. Uh, baby song comes in our head, we will just start singing, Uh, sometimes do the piano and I'll have her on my lap and I'll play a little bit. um, Just for her. But uh, yeah, and then maybe we'll have some music on. um, Just put it on the the stereo. Maybe some jazz is what Mm -hmm. I've been playing lately for her. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but most of it is just made up songs that we're singing to her. Nice. Okay.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Well, you have a variety of roles. Um, I me- I just mentioned them. And so for a few minutes, I, w- I was hoping we could talk just briefly about them. Maybe if you could give our listeners a glimpse into the kinds of work that you do. So for instance, as a piano technician or tuner, um, to give a glimpse of that, what has been a memorable job for you to, to give our listeners a glimpse into that work?
1: Yeah, so... There was a appointment I had with a client, had an old spinet, um, and a spinet is like kind of a shorter variation of a piano, an upright, um, it's got shorter strings, so it can sit maybe about maybe 42 inches tall, um, and it hadn't been tuned in a while, but she'd had it in her family, and a lot of times these instruments are uh, sentimental for a lot of folks, uh, so as old as they may be and whatever the case is with the, you know the shape of their the their instrument and however it plays they still and uh you know very much a part of their you know family history so uh you know try to take care of them as best we can i i sit down at the piano and i i tune it um and as i'm you know i usually like to play something client once i'm done and uh, she's just like standing you know kind of right over me and i look up and there's tears in her eyes and she said this piano hasn't sounded this good in years so uh, you know speaking of you know work and vocation that doesn't happen all the time but it was one mo- moment where i was like ah I'm, i get to be a part of something good here so you know, it's like, all right, I think I'm doing the right thing. So um, that was a great moment. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind just kind of reminds me about how, um, how to approach the work.
0: Mm. Yes, and can you say more about how to approach the work? I mean, what that reminds me of is there's, you often describe Dan Nelson, um, as who is a former professor, uh, a professor at Point Loma Nazarene University, where the three of us you, Will, and I graduated from. And we actually, um, in our last season, I interviewed Scott Stevens, who had composed a, the score for a film about Dan Nelson. And um, But there's one line that you often quote from Dan, which is, it's all relational. And so that story that you just mentioned reminds me of that. So could you say a little more about how that um, kind of his his way of being and teaching it's of it's all relational how that influences your work and your vocation and your understanding of vocation and you can even branch out into other areas of your work not just piano tuning but um can you say a sure. bit more about that
1: yeah um as far as that quote yeah it's all relational uh I, like that where uh the, the instance i just shared uh just kind of remind me that okay It's really not about the piano at the end of the day. It's like, yes, the piano is like important. It's there. I'm supposed to do, you know, I'm supposed to do the work. You know, I have to do a good job. Uh, But at the end of the day, the piano, I guess to put it this way, uh, I could do whatever with the piano, you know, I mean, still do a decent job, but it doesn't, it doesn't compare to how I make them feel, the client. You know, at the end of the appointment, um, how do they feel with having had me in their home? And I think, um, you know, having somebody in your home is kind of like the ultimate, uh, or one of the like ultimate gestures of trust. You know, to be in someone's home, mm-hmm. you're you know, very vulnerable. Um, you know, you see where they live, you see their family photos. It's just, um, and you're playing this mm-hmm. instrument that they've had in their family potentially for years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so they they have to trust you, and I think that trust is further uh, strengthened when they know that you you just I don't know you just make them feel good if that makes sense. So um, it's all relational. Really, mm-hmm. me, it quote really makes me uh, uh, it, it encourages me I should say to do the work um, well but more so to treat them well.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds like the piano, as you say, the pi- it's not about the piano. It's, it sounds like the piano is a, a tool or maybe a gateway through which you can then do a kind of ministry, which is by your relationship with the people that you're serving and working with through the, maybe the conversations you have with them. This relates to um, the episode that Will and I did to introduce this season. And we talked about how there's some universal callings that we all have, that all of us are called to do. And, and one of those, I think, we would say is is to love one another, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so maybe piano, the piano for you is the way that you can love your neighbor, or to you know through um, through not only doing a practical service for them of fixing their piano or tuning their piano, but also just through the the way you do that and and your presence with them um, is and that's that's very much a ministry would you agree with that
1: yes no a hundred percent and interesting too that you bring up that idea of you know loving Uh, because speaking of Dan Nelson there was one moment in one of his classes uh, I remember where he had said And I'm trying to remember how it came up. Maybe one student was having a dilemma about what to do with their life. And I think he'd shared that this story of them and um, kind of wrestling with like what God wanted them to do um, with their life. And, you know, and Dan ultimately said, you know, that he didn't think that God really cared about, you know, where you live, what you do, who you marry, anything of those, you know, the things that we kind of get wrapped up in the specifics as long as we love God and love others. And so, um, so like, you know, you were saying, it's like, that's, uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, yeah, funny. And and Dan say,
2: and so it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny though, how, how simple it sounds. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, if it, but if it comes out of that, right, if it comes out of this love for people, um, and again, all relational, it's like we all we all feel that. I think we feel a, a genuine difference, and we've had somebody, you know, whether it's I don't know, the plumber or the piano tuner, you know, come over to our house, and just the their their presence, their vibe, you know, that comes off, uh, whether or not they're approaching it from that place.
2: You, <laughs> Jarrell, you allude to an interesting. Uh scenario that came up recently in my own household where a handyman was around and uh, and we started talking about how he came to be doing what he was doing and uh, he immediately jumped at the opportunity to wax eloquent for the next 30 minutes uh, very philosophically about how it is that he got to set his schedule and you know those are practical things that's less philosophical but but like he really felt this like deep profound connection to doing what he was doing um and liking the the all of the facets of it not just because he enjoyed the the, the work itself specifically but because of all the sort of like interconnected parts that like made this work meaningful to him and so um yeah uh, yeah don't ever don't ever underestimate the plumber or whomever <laughs> which this guy happened to be also that that comes through your home, there might be, a, uh, or any any job for that reason. We've problematized that a little bit this season. Josh and I both have there are numbers of jobs out there that sort of people do uh, that may or may not uh, be a good representation of 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 what we keep saying their sort of their deepest longing or or passion or skill meeting the world's greatest needs. Uh, and yet they find a way for that job to to translate. It's always cool uh, where where you get to do what you really like doing, and that job is something that is such a clear pathway for that to transpire. But I don't know that it totally like it totally uh, clears up sort of our our, our running s- speculation or not, debates, maybe not the right word, but uh, about what the nature of calling is. Is it specific? or is it is it generic or is it both uh and i think what you talk about demonstrates the mystery there within uh you know and you sort of exemplify that uh that mystery of 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 having a real crafted skill that you've worked on and now de- de- dove in uh into another facet of in 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 not just playing the piano but tuning it and whatnot that then manifests itself as a uh as uh you know, another dimension of being in that real niche lane, uh, and yet I think people people probably respond to you because you're you, uh, uh, mm-hmm. which is a piano player, which is Jarrell and all the other things that make Jarell Jarell. And so I don't know. I, maybe I've misread that, but maybe you want to address a little bit of my read of what you've just said and my translation of it. Yeah. Uh, as it relates to Josh's question as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned like my personality and, and each one of us does have something to bring, right? Like, And you can only translate that, you know, you, personally, like uniqueness uh, in so much as like, you know, an hour, two hour visit, a very small window of like who you are, you know. Um, but uh, even then, right, yeah, people can kind of see that um, it's... Uh, yeah, interesting to think about what um, I get to do as anything, I don't know, right? Uh, like I'm making a grand difference in the world, you know what I mean by doing this but uh, um, A grand piano difference. What... <laughs> <for sure. laughs> <laughs> Low hanging fruit had to go there, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all pens <laughs> welcome. Um, Because I think that is what we get wrapped up in, right? It's like this notion of, you know, calling. It's like, oh, it's this big thing, right? It's like, oh, what am I called to do? It's like, I think we immediately jump to pictures of, at least I do, like pictures of like traveling the world, you know, serving the nations, And, you know, these (laughs) really grand things that I, you know, day to day, especially now it's media and how we can, you know, get these snapshots of the, uh, like the ideal, what's the word, utopian sort of kind of like lifestyle that people might have and getting to do big things. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe social media emphasizes that idea and romanticizes it a little bit. Um, but um, it's kind of the, at least I see our, our calling is like in the small, you know, day-to-day things that we get to do. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And it's something that's quite unique, I think, about you, Jarell, is that you have, as we as I, we mentioned at the beginning, there's all different ways that you are um, expressing your skill and your love for the piano and for music. And we've just talked about piano tuning, but um, there's also teaching, performing, being on a worship band. And, and then there's also this vocation of being a hu- husband and father. So do you think you could... Um, give another example of maybe how you, um, love people or love God through one of those other aspects of, um, of your work or your, of your, of your life. Yeah. Um, you, like see, a, can... with like with maybe an example, like an experience you might, that might be really, um, on your mind, that's just really memorable or something like that.
1: I guess, um, Yeah, more uh, well, more recently, having a baby, and I think that's yeah, as far as vocation or calling, uh, it's something. Yeah, how, how, I guess how do I kind of dive into this one? But um, I think um, I, I think about uh, uh, fruits of the spirit. I guess you know, all the things that we are, are called to do in Christ-like, right? Being, uh, you know, patience, uh, love, kindness all those things. I think it being a father, um, I think those are maybe, not that they've never been there, but like maybe having a baby now and having a child to raise and take care for, is like those things are emphasized now or reinforced in some way. Mm-hmm. It's like um, maybe reframed is another way to say that. It's like, I'm I'm living this way as a model to her and even though she's, you know, only 4 months how much her, you know, baby is actually on a practical level like actually taking these things in. I think maybe, you know, subtly it's all there, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like all of that kind of, you know, feeds into her, but I think um uh maybe I'm thinking futuristically, you know, into mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like five years old, eight years old, 13. And wh- how am I living that you know, exemplifies those things? Um, even though, and I i think we always come back to the fact that, like, oh, we're all human and, you know, like we have imperfections and we'll always fall short of this thing. Um, I think maybe more so to, uh, in that. Idea that we're loving others and loving God out of that will come those things if we are like really seeking to do those two things to love God and love others, it just kind of happens,
2: <laughs> yeah. Dr- Drill, I think, um, I think you point to something interesting there. It's like, uh, and it, it's just hitting me right now in, in a in a maybe uh prof- profound way, uh, maybe overly profound way, and maybe it's not as much as I think it is, but um like a baby knows if the house is on fire a baby knows when it's cold you know what i mean a baby a baby a baby can tell you or communicate or knows it has an experience of its environment is what i'm saying so the kind of environment and the kind of demonstrations that you you know are able to display or demonstrate you know what i mean the way in which you conduct yourself all those characterological traits mixed with other environmental facets are observable and perceivable by your baby. Your baby may not have the language yet with which to then re-articulate those things or imagine all the potentialities that come from you know those things. But the environment still matters. I imagine mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a child development expert. You know, I'll say it first and foremost. <laughs> however, <laughs> um, however, I do think you know uh, drawing that line of the obvious. You know what I mean. To yeah. to something maybe a little bit more we think is maybe more abstract or not as gets buried or isn't as significant. Maybe it's not as insignificant. If people put headphones on on you know pregnant women's stomachs to like uh, induce some sort of musical aptitude or, mm-hmm. or 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 illicit response, it would make sense that you being a good person in the midst of your daughter <laughs> uh, uh, and in her presence would also have some sort of residual effects just like uh, it being hot might yes. make her a bit uncomfortable, you know what I mean? Or, or cold or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah, but I, I agree with that. And I was speaking with a mother, um, a grandmother as well about this. And I'm just asking a similar question. How mu- I wonder how much um, my son can understand the things that my wife and I are telling him and maybe singing to him. And she was saying that maybe, of course, he can't understand it cognitively, but, He'll remember how he felt and and he'll remember the way that we the way we made him feel and the, the trust and the, the safety that he has felt maybe even on a deep subconscious level. Um, and, and also like do, I've heard a doctor say this, some midwives um, and read, read this in some um, like pamphlets and things as well that these first two years of a baby's life really um, set the foundation for their confidence and their, the way that they relate to others as they grow older. So, so yeah. And, and, and what a, uh, like music is such a, like a powerful kind of image to express this because I think one of the first things pe- parents do oftentimes, even when the baby's in a room is play music or as Will was mentioning, uh, play music for the, for the baby. And so it's as if music is kind of a metaphor for just the kind of tone that we set in the atmosphere that, Parents create for their children, um, mm-hmm. but but you also do, You also see. So so it's as if you are kind of sending out resonances to to the to your at, to your house and your home for for your baby to pick up, and and maybe to be in tune with, and and but maybe you you probably do this also with your um, your other work. Maybe it, it's not going to have the same lasting impact as it is for your baby, because when you're starting out with a baby, the, the kind of influence you have on them is much stronger than if you just have a conversation with a, a stranger once in your life. But still, there's still that kind of resonance that takes place there too, I think, uh, on a smaller degree. Um, but uh, but that, yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of synthesizing what we're saying, and that's another pun there. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> so many keyboard all the, musical all the, all the puns in the um, game, I love it.
0: Just I'm trying oh, yeah. to draw this all together in one theme, maybe of of just yeah. you sending out these shock waves, these like kind of like harmonious shock waves um in the various work and that you're doing. What's this?
2: Yeah. Um Jor-El is helping to tune our lives. Uh, ah, yeah. okay. <laughs> we're, we're, yes, we're tuning, we're tuning our lives. Yeah. And and tuning as a as a vocation, you know what I mean? In 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 every sense of that word is what I'm kind of like uh Hearing sort of emerge as like a, a prevalent theme here, um, in and through your quite literal occupation dwell, but the way in which you conduct and we've talked about no better image than the story you just previously told. You know, connecting sort of that the infancy concept that we've been exploring for a moment now uh, to the the lady who spin it, you tuned and you you she had an emotional response, right? You made her feel something again. And, and being an old or woman with, you know, cognitive capabilities and, and language could sort of articulate what that was, but, but fundamentally, uh, what you did, uh, was again, was atmospheric and it was, it was, it was evocative and, 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 uh, af- effective, uh, which I think is so, uh, so in yeah in tune with this notion of vocation that we're sort of like starting to think paint a a picture of
1: yeah it's if you think about uh, well going along with more metaphors uh the maybe the theological or kind of like parallels there with tuning and and you know restoration or renewal Mm. you know that the nature you take this thing that's uh you know, sounds out of tune, and you bring it back in harmony with itself. Um, uh, I was going to say something, too. What was it now? Uh, Oh, Josh, you said uh, just with how babies will not remember things cognitively, but actually just that overall feeling. Remember how you made them feel. It's like, that's the same thing, I think, with coming into clients' homes and getting to do the work there. Like, people won't really i mean they may not remember the details of what you did on their piano and you know for all they know like you did magic on their instrument when you you worked on it and tuned it uh but they will just remember how they felt having you um in their home Mm -hmm. yeah it also Mm -hmm. makes me think about how with you know being um i guess the vocational side of doing you know Performance work or being a musician, like working with other musicians. There's the uh, uh, and Will, you kind of know this. You know this too. Like you'll you won't call the guy who is. I mean, albeit like they may be an, a musician and be able to you know play circles around everybody else in the band, uh, but you will. You'll call the guy instead who is a good hang and you know who's still a solid musician solid player but when it comes to connecting with each other uh you'll much prefer that because it does kind of feed into how everything else sounds you know it's like Mm -hmm. um i remember too like josh we made music in uh high school together Mm -hmm. um and you know uh, which was a great like i remember for all of us it was a great learning time like we were all kind of figuring out our instruments. I, I, I was like, what chord is, uh, what am I playing? Uh, I don't even know what a major <laughs> chord looks like. I guess it looks like this. Uh, you know, um, but uh, really I think what came out of that is a product of the fact that we're all friends. and uh, And I don't think, you know, the music wouldn't have sounded the way it did unless we uh, unless we were friends like we were you know if that yeah. if that makes sense you know yeah um i, mean, I people remember argue, people, about...
2: people argue that you know uh you can tell if a string quartet don't like each other you know what i mean just uh, by how they play. yeah yeah just by how they play that that kind of synergy and and uh connection i mean it's not necessarily they have to be like you know enamored with one another all the time, or, or you know, in a, in a good mood, but that they have rapport and relationship translates into like that, that music and their articulation and their coherence and cohesiveness. Um, uh, no less true, again, than I think what you're talking about, Jarell, and calling a good hang or instances in our various musical ensembles that we've either all been in at the same time or <laughs> been in, around and adjacent to. Yes, I was just
0: going to say that, um, even though Jarell, myself, my brother, and Dylan were in a band together. And I know we've talked about, I talked about that with Will once uh, on Forecast. There was a time when Will as well played with our band on this, we shared the same stage. Um, right. My brother had organized a uh, kind of a fundraiser concert to help people re- restoring their homes after, uh, after the fires in San Diego. And so you, you played on stage, and then our band called Pacifier played a- uh, afterwards but uh, but yeah there were some crossovers
2: yeah 2000 the fall of 2006 7 i think it
0: was 2006 yes wow so, yeah right what time remember
2: this that's getting longer and longer ago my friends <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, I, I was reflecting on that as we just before we jumped on uh honestly yeah it was like wow when's the last time that we were all kind of in one place and I, I thought, oh, was that college dorm room?
0: Yes, oh, that's another thing. Maybe. Uh, Will and I were roommates and Jarell lived uh, the, uh, across the hall. Uh, yeah. Well, Yes.
2: And then subsequently Jarell and I were roommates for a couple ah, of years. I
0: forgot ago. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, so funny.
2: I- better.
0: <laughs> maybe Jarell, you've got to join this You've got to join this gig.
2: I know, yeah. The podcast life suits you, Drell. I think uh, I think <laughs> you, might be, you might be the right uh, generative and sort of uh, 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 you know host to to draw out all the best responses from these guests and wax eloquent, meta- metaphorize with them. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: um, the only thing I would be,
1: uh, I guess, concerned about is. I guess, you what a good Christian I am. My, my theological, uh, or what do you call, uh, understanding of the scripture and such, a, is, as well as you two, is not as deep, uh, un, unfortunate to say. but Well,
2: um, oh, I'm a phony, Jarrell, so that's okay. Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> and and that's, that's how I feel when I'm talking to Will. I feel, wow, I don't, Will knows his stuff. so
2: No, that's, it's all a ruse. Uh, and I'm probably so the biggest heretic. A lot, so it's all good. I think I
1: think it'd be a good. Be a good... <laughs> so we're all just pretending. Is really what's
2: happening? Is that's part of vocation. That's part of. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, seriously, I think you highlight that. I think, I think there's some degree of like uh, vulnerability that gets exposed, or lack of vulnerability that gets exposed through through some of that it's it's one thing to explore in earnest or to like take on skill sets and expertise and to probe the 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 depths of these different disciplines and topics and and wrap our heads around trying to articulate certain concepts but there's another side of that that's a little you know less productive and or uh kind of you know a guise to say that like um it's a pretense you know what i mean it's a way to say Mm -hmm. i i i I need something to be good at, or I need something to like to uh, to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, I feel like you know that's me personally. Uh, you might relate. You feel like you're fumbling around in the dark, and this is that kind of thing that is so essential to understand or to know or to like make sense of, to like have a, a fruitful life that you can then like theologize about or articulate in these terms. So so that when you go to your jobs or do your works or whatever it is. They, they, they have some sort of connection to that bigger thing. Uh, it's when that disconnect happens and you feel like maybe you don't have a way to articulate it or if it's out of sight and out of mind that it's no skin off anybody's back, but it's that moment of like, oh my gosh. And I think that's where some of my perceivable you know, insights might come from. It's that scrapping to like make sense of what's going around and what's going on um, so that I can like feel like I'm not, you know, uh, becoming a total nihilist, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, or, 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 that everything is just, uh, uh, totally, uh, you know, useless and has no point to it. Um, there's these conversations and, and that dimension of vocation. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think these conversations ground that experience. And so, opportunities to grasp at concepts and to try to re-articulate mm-hmm. them as ways in which, um, not that it, it fortifies like something and like gives me tremendous confidence. It just, I don't know. It it broadens the the mystery and it broadens the the the, the, the potential and possibility out there. And the, and your insights and and Josh's insights and whom are all of our guests' insights paint a bigger picture of them what's inside my head already which is so you know
0: valuable so
2: yeah again there's 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 two sides to that uh that 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 achievable insight or strength or whatever knowledge um as it manifests in this kind of discourse and conversation
1: I that makes me think of how well at least being able to relate those thoughts that we might have individually I think about Well, coming back to tuning, like I, it's a very solo, uh, soloistic pursuit. Um, I almost feel like I'm working in a vacuum because I I don't have other colleagues side by side, Mm. just me by myself. And sometimes I question, oh, am I doing a good job here? You know, how does this piano sound compared to what somebody else, you know, might, how, how they might tune this instrument? And you know the things that they're seeing, or and um, and right, like coming together here and and having this uh, uh, this discourse, and getting to do the same with other colleagues in, in the piano tech industry, uh, kind of helps reframe what you're doing, right, and gives uh maybe more context to what each of us is already thinking individually. Yeah, and maybe a surprise to find out that we each have some of the same thoughts. Yeah, Yeah. Um, which is yeah, always encouraging. It's like, oh, you mean I'm not the only one? So so, you know, which is funny because we. I mean, I think we we often don't uh, realize exactly that. Well, we all kind of do things similarly. You know, at the end of the day, it's like. I'm the same once and anyway maybe sorry getting to uh I don't know, another end here but um yeah i i i digress
2: so jarell as we sort of start wrapping things up here though this has been most excellent i've really enjoyed getting to chat with you dudes in in such a capacity as this i wondered if you could sort of maybe summarize how um, your conception of vocation as you've sort of alluded to both in the ways that you're a parent now and you know the husband father thing along with your your job and your work and your your musicality how do those things then um how do they what do they look like in in a life of faith uh and and i mean that in two ways how how does that uh both produce or enhance uh your your sense of faith in god or or sort of religious devotion but then how does it also then encourage uh faithfulness in sort of a cyclical way to those things do you get burnt out ever or do you feel like you're constantly fueled because of the ways your vocation is working itself out talk about both of those things for a moment will you
1: Hmm. can you uh go over the first part again
2: yeah. How, 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 does, how does your sort of uh, understanding of what it is you do vocationally, that is across the board, how does that sort of uh, manifest in a faith practice or what faith practices besides those things help to support that? Um, does it encourage a certain yeah. understanding of God? A certain, a certain, uh, does it move you towards certain acts of devotion or practice and vice versa? Uh, do certain practices or acts of devotion help those uh, help you uh, like participate and and live into that sort of vocation and then i'll we can come back to that second half after you've sure. addressed it
1: well i I guess it kind of maybe be in a real i guess fundamental way the the job I get to be a part of as a tuner uh, technician uh, is uh, a job of service. You know, In the service industry and i think a lot about you know how would i want someone to to come into my home uh, and and treat you know take care of my piano or whatever else it might be um, in the house you know plumber for instance again but uh and and maybe in a just a very like simple way uh thinking about like doing unto others right do unto others as you would have them do unto you Um, and uh reflecting uh christ in that you know life of uh service humility Um, and i think maybe that's kind of the the way that i I feel like that's in the back of my head as i like come into somebody's home
2: that is the practice itself in other words like you you cultivate a sort of quote spiritual discipline in in the practice of doing your job am i understanding that right
1: um i i guess so i i'm i'm uh, approaching it in a way that's um maybe maybe another way to think of it is i'm um Maybe funny to say, but just uh, humanness. In a way, it's just like this. This is another person who I am serving and taking care of. Who has a real life. Uh, you know, a real family. Um, they have a job outside of this. They're going to go have dinner with their friends later this evening. You know, they're they're going to do things, the same things that I do. Um, And in in a way, want the same things that I do and to be treated well, to live well. And um, I think on that level, it's, you know, uh, to think of the person of Jesus in service to others, I see that that's how he saw uh, it continues to see us. Right. And um, his time here with like on earth with people, like that's how he saw um, people, as people. And uh, I guess it's as simple as that is to to, to approach playing worship at a church service um, or being a dad, like to remember that this is another person uh, and Yeah, maybe, maybe that's I don't know if that makes sense, but that's like uh, it's all yeah, relational,
2: but, yeah. It's all relational. What, guess, what, what, right? What's right to wrap it back to that, yeah. I, I guess, I guess, just to final to, to kind of wrap up, I mean, that that question itself is like, what sustains your work? Like, where do you draw, um, mm-hmm. what, what do you draw upon or draw from so that you can be that relational person in these spaces and do this sort of a thing again whether it's as a piano tuner or whatever capacity uh or or does that in and of itself sort of cyclically inspire you to keep doing it talk about that Mm.
1: yeah I so I guess in and I, I I keep relating it to uh piano tuning work because I feel like that's the most recent thing that I've really been been doing day to day but um I guess I find that you know in perhaps seeking those sorts of moments, uh, like with the the um, uh, the client I shared about, um, who was emotional after I played her piano from the tuning, and um, to seek not just to recre- recreate moments like that, because I know that sometimes you know those aren't always going to be the case, but um, at least uh, I will, you know, I'll uh, go to the homes and and sometimes maybe the conversation will turn from how's your piano doing to what kind of work do you do? And, and then turn to, you know, maybe like, you know, the dog will come up and I'll pet the dog and, you know, and be friendly with the dog and just moments like, I think on the base level, like pure, uh, you know, human interaction, um, and really just, uh, being being with them it kind of energizes me in and of itself Mm. and interacting with like people as people i think um a lot of times there's you know particularly in the service industry whether that's you know restaurant or you know like um you know maybe it's taking your car for oil change or what it's just a transactional thing Mm. and i don't want it to be and for a lot of people with pianos uniquely it's like because this instrument has been in their family for years, you know, or sometimes not. Um, but it, it's, um, it kind of, I feel like in that way, it lends itself to a little bit more of the relational aspect. Just because, you know, maybe sometimes if you're getting your oil change for your car, it's like, well, I don't know, there's not too much to, to kind of go off of from there. But um, naturally, you're in a person's home. Uh, and maybe sometimes I'll you know I'll look around at the houses I'm tuning and see something maybe I notice and whenever it's appropriate you know not to be too you know invasive or or creepy on my part to be like oh I'm staring at their photos and then I ask them about you know but sometimes I will ask them <laughs> just to uh, uh, elicit more conversation and not every client is up for it. You know some of them it is a transaction for them and that's okay you know um i still do the the best that i can to serve them um and in some ways that's all they want but for some of the clients i can feel that they want something more and so i want to be there to give them that Um, i think of one client who uh i think i'm not sure what his um and I can speculate, you know, maybe it's just him living alone now. Maybe he had somebody, maybe it was a, um, a wife or maybe he had, she had passed or what. But um, i noticed all these uh, old band posters that he got from estate sales. And, um, and I just commented, you know, how, you know, how much I enjoyed getting, you know, getting to look at some of the, you know, artwork around his home. And that just spurred on more conversation to him, you know, going to these concerts when he was, you know, like his early 20s, seeing uh, the Beatles and um, or what band was it? Maybe it was the Rolling Stones or um, uh, and just him sharing a personal experience with me to the point of him also getting emotional with that was just I, you know, it reminds me that uh, we're all looking for something, I think, seeking, whether it's like like seeking um, just maybe that on the basic level of action, um, because maybe he was living alone, you know, but uh, that there's always more to it, I think, than just what we do in the service. Um, And I think to be mindful of that 100% of the time is is difficult, but it's the thing that uh, I strive to do. It's like, you know, wherever that is, you know, and particularly in the work that I get
0: to do. Thank you, Jarrell, and um, thank you for the time that you've given to us today to talk about your experiences. What I think of um, as I hear the stories you're sharing is another man who uh, worked with pieces of wood, um, who went around to people's homes doing good, and um, of course, Jesus, and and how he um tuned their lives. Um <laughs> um you know yeah. how wow. he, from Gerald uh, to Jesus
2: that might be the title.
0: <laughs> think about well think about that. Whoa, whoa. but uh... that you're I know that you as a, a as a follower of Jesus um have learned from that from that carpenter of Nazareth um and and I'm sure that he inspires and and, and motivates you. And we talked about loving one another and loving God. And what comes to mind is how Jesus says, As I have loved you, so you love one another. And, um, and so I don't, I, so I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I also, what I see is as we experience his tuning and as we witness he, the, 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 the changes he has done, that, that can also motivate us. And and inspire us in the the various tunings that we do at, in whatever homes we visit or whatever um people are in our lives.
1: Yes, yeah. No, 100%. I think about too uh I hope I'm not taking this out of context. I know it was like but I think always the verse uh freely you have received freely give. Uh and that also kind of uh is a motivator for me to like Maybe a bad business practice because you know don't <laughs> make money that way. But uh, you know, uh, but trying to treat clients and just say, "Oh, it's okay." I, you know, let me just do this one thing for them. You know, um, and you know that's mm-hmm. it. It is, yeah, like trying to go above and beyond that kind of thing. But yes, to your point.
2: You heard it here, folks. Here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> this is the, um, also, a marketing uh, for. Uh... Uh, Drell's piano tuning services uh, (laughs) that may or may not be free. And so, no, (laughs) Uh, they're not. (laughs) Well, lads, this has been been really cool. I don't know if anybody else had anything else they wanted to sneak in here at the end, but...
1: I just wanted to uh, just record me saying thank you. Uh, Thank you to you guys for having me on. Yes. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is... This is great.
0: And thank you, Jarrell. Thank you again for your time, especially with your schedule and being a new dad um, and, and sharing what you have shared with us. Indeed. We hope that we'll hear more from you on Forecast and beyond Forecast as well.
1: No, I'd, lo- I'd love that.
2: Foreshadow is an online spiritual literary magazine rooted in the Christian faith. Our website is foreshadowmagazine.com and we are on various social media platforms. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to now and be sure to share it through your own social media channels. I'm Will, this has been Josh and Jarrell, and that is the forecast for today.